and welcome to another magical episode of Low Definition, a game show podcast, semicolon, a train wreck. My name is Steve Lutz, and I've traveled the globe, by which I mean I poked around the internet for about half an hour, wrangling the world's weirdest words with which to puzzle and perplex our prodigious panel of plucky players. And who are those players, you ask? Well, my theoretical inquisitive friends, gather near and I'll tell you. Joining us for the first time tonight from the TV room of the Zeppelin, it's Philip Mozilak. Hey, Moz. Hi. I hope you're ready for some football. I'm I'm ready, but uh, I'm scared that I'm going to put up goose eggs. We're not actually playing football. That's just, that's how I like to shake up the new guys. Oh, oh I guess I'll leave then. <laughs> no, no, stay here. We oh, okay, okay, okay. Also, Dan Morin is back to make another valiant and likely failed attempt at a win. Hi, Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here to hopefully uh, provide Jason Snell with some much-needed points. Yeah, this could be the one, Dan. Tonight might be your night. It's not, because David Lohr is also here, but we'll get to him later. Uh, meanwhile, Tiffany Arment is here to make another valiant attempt at staying awake through the whole podcast. Hi, Tiff. Hi. Yep. It's good to have you back here. Thanks. When I dip, you dip, we dip, Steve. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also in the house, once again, representing the frozen North and its assorted legal entities, it's Eric Einstein. I'm, I'm just doing my duty as a, as a good Canadian. Also returning after a long absence with his customary steaming bowl of burgoo, it's David Lore. David, where Oops. have you been? I, I've, I've been in Indiana. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> well... I won't turn the knife on you then. But we have missed you around these parts, and it's good to have you back. I'm glad to be back. I also have a really tall uh, bottle of bullet bourbon with me. so Also an Indiana thing, right? Yeah, well. Drink it fast. Maybe you'll actually lose. Nope. <laughs> and finally, taking up his traditional incomparable draft order, it's Jason <laughs> Snell. Hey, Jason, what's up? Uh, well, David's here, so I know I'm going to lose, but Dan's up here, Dan's so I know I'm well. going to win, so I don't know That's what's right. going to happen. Well, it's gonna gonna it's Jason's night. should be a middling performance from Indeed, Jason. Indeed, I'll get about nine points. <laughs> That's my prediction. Excellent. Those players, by the way, were introduced in order of play as provided by random.org. When you're too lazy to order a six item list by hand, <laughs> random.org is there. All right. Oh, boy. For anyone new to this show who hasn't already given up and gone off to listen to something else, here's how we play low definition. I present the players with an obscure word, then, in secret, they each write a definition for that word and send it to me. A player who knows the actual definition gets three points and nasty glares from everyone else involved, which fortunately they will never have to endure as this is an audio-only podcast. For everyone else, I read the remaining definitions and each player gets to guess which one is the real definition. You get two points for guessing the real definition and one point for each player you fool with your fake definition. If nobody in a round gets the correct definition, that's when I skim off my traditional vig of six points, which means... If that happens three times, I win and you all lose. This will make everyone sad, so let's try our best not to blow it, okay? By you, you mean the listeners, right? The listeners lose if you win. (laughs) Everyone loses, except me. (laughs) Wins. Whoever wins, we lose. Yes, I guess. That's, yeah. It's the alien versus predator way. Yes. Assuming that I don't win, however, the winner is the first player or players to surpass the magic number of 18 in a round. Uh, 18 being, I believe, the original number of Canadian provinces before the Great White Cataclysm. <laughs> I, I think sure. I think you have to get to 18, and then you can drink. Yeah, I, 
I may have my Canadian history mixed up with that of Middle Earth. I'm not sure. Anyway. <laughs> if I score a touchdown, do I get to try to make a rouge for an extra point? That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. You can, but only Fizzman. on every other Tuesday. This game's way more complicated than I remember. And only I if you're wearing less... at least two garters. Mm. I- I'm less prepared now than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. It could be number wang. Okay, so are we ready to go? I sure hope so. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> that silence is assent, and therefore, uh, let's start with round one. Oh, boy. It would really throw you off if I started with round four. I was kind of hoping we'd start with a crazy round or something. Oh, no, that's too crazy. (laughs) Anything could happen. (laughs) I could go first. No, no, I think we'd better just, we'd better take it easy and start with round one. The word for which is this? Castery. Castery. C-A-S-T-O-R-Y. Castery. Please send me your definitions for the word castery now. I hate this word. <laughs> Welcome to Low Definition. <laughs> Yay, indoctrinated. Like I said, you're fitting right in. At least Glenn's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Say his name and he'll appear. Be quiet. Yes, that's true. We've learned this. Whoever out there is keeping the spreadsheet of all the times we mention Glenn when he's not on a podcast, please put a tick in that column. <laughs> Well, if you get him to say Nelg three times in a row, well, then he goes away. That's almost impossible, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could almost be the new recursive loop. Wait, what is this word? Nelg? What does that mean? Nelg? And then he just vanishes. Yeah, actually, gl- getting Glenn to repeat a word multiple times, not that hard. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Nelg, Nelg. Now, where have I heard that? <laughs> and then he returns. Poof. He, he poof. He goes to his basement. <laughs> Or maybe it's his mailman's cousin's basement. That well, might be yep. better. Unfortunately, his mailman's cousin also famous, so now he's yeah, basically uh-huh. stalking a famous person. Fine line between glinning and stalking. All right, all of the definitions are in for castery, and wouldn't you know it, somebody knows the correct definition for this word. Oh. Oh. Wouldn't you know Jeez. it, David Lore. Oh. <laughs> this is why he was banned. His first <laughs> sad face in my spreadsheet of the night, the sad face being... <laughs> Mostly in reference to me, who is sad that I could not stump David once again. No, we're all sad too, Steve. It's not just you. Mm-hmm. For the rest of you, these are the definitions for the word castery. Mm. A method for glazing clay sculptures or pots. Mm. A bitter tasting substance. A building used to house the members of a religious order. Mm. To use a ceramic backing dish used for seafood. And a small storage room in a church. Oh, there's one more. An extract from the glands of a beaver, reputed to have medicinal value. No. Wow. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. That's the fakey. <laughs> the other ones are all true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So those are your options. Uh, first to get to choose from those fantastic definitions is Mose. Oh. What do you think, buddy? <laughs> okay. Now, I almost want to go for the one that seems completely the beaver stuff, the beaver glands. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Just the phrase, I want to go for the beaver glands. I don't think that's ever been said. Oh, no. There's, I'm sure there's some pretentious restaurant somewhere. It's the internet, man. <laughs> Canada. I'd like a bit of castery, meaning I'd like some beaver glands. <laughs> I'll choose it. 
Okay. Bold. Bold move. Mose goes for the deer glands. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well. <laughs> Dan Morin, you're up next. Uh, I would like to choose Jason's answer of a building that houses <laughs> religious people. <laughs> building used to house members of a religious order for Dan Morin. I hate it when Dan goes early because then every, nobody's going to pick that whatever he guesses because it could be mine. Yeah. I'm playing a long game, Jason. Hmm. <laughs> next in the order is Tiff. What do you think, Tiff? I'm going to go with the small storage room. Small storage room in a church. All right. I am also going to go with the small storage room. Sounds good. Yeah, it does. That's why I'm going with it. Doesn't sound that good. Uh, Jason. Uh, well, I'm tempted to go with the one that Dan picked, but since that obviously is mine because Dan picked <laughs> it, I'm going to go with uh, something similar, the, the small storage room in the church. Okay. Oh, damn it. It's where all the kids make out. Yeah. <laughs> Seven minutes in castery. <laughs> Start with Dan Morin's guess. Dan Morin was certain that a building used to house the members of a religious order uh, was Jason's answer, and yet he picked it. And in fact, it was Jason Snell's answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He went for it, given that you were sure it was Jason's, but okay. So one point for Jason for that. Thanks, Dan. I missed you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I missed you too. <laughs> Meanwhile, three of you, including the aforementioned Jason Snell, thought it was a small storage room in a church. Hey, Jason, that was Dan's answer. No! Yeah, I'm playing a long game. <laughs> it begins again. So he gets three uh, points for that. Yeah. Points to Dan for that. Rectory. That's my the long game. rectory, right? That's the real word. Something like that. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yep. Something like that, yeah. I can pick Jason's answer as long as more people pick my answer. Yes. <laughs> long game. The rectory is several inches from the glands of a beaver, generally. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It had to be said. Okay. Lastly, uh, we have Mose, who thought that it was an extract <laughs> from the glands of a beaver, reputed to have medicinal value. Here comes the zero. If you believe that to be the case, you would have to assume that David Lore would have known what a medicinal extract found in the glands of a beaver is. Uh-huh. And you would be 100% correct. Oh, yes. <laughs> Touchdown. Wow. So two points. To Mose for that one. And of course, three to David Lore for having the correct answer. I don't know why he knows that. <laughs> I don't want to know no. why he knows that. He lives in Indiana. I think that's all that's we need That's what to it know. is. It's Indiana. one of the key ingredients in burgoo. Do you squeeze that into your burgoo as kind <laughs> of a like a juice type situation? Yeah. yeah. Extra spice for the burgoo? I'm married to a woman who's a medicinal uh forensics fanatic i i yeah it's for halitosis putting that down on my list of things Mm. not to mention when david's on the show okay (laughs) all right so uh, after that round we have in first place a tie it's dan and david with three points each uh in third place with two points is mose fourth place with one jason snell thanks dan you're welcome (laughs) tied for fifth with no points it is tiff erica and yours truly so Lots of room for improvement here. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to round two so we can get a start on that, shall we? Oh, all right. Shall. Let's do it. Uh, round two is a listener word. Yay! Yay! Thanks, listener. This word comes to us from New Zealand by way of listener Alex. Oh. Yeah, everybody loves listener Alex, but except Moe's, apparently. Oh, listener Alex. <laughs> well, I'm just, it's out of the continental United States. Now it's going to be a problem. Oh, well, maybe not. We'll okay. see. You may be more of a world traveler than you think. Maybe. So the word provided us by listener Alex is finimbrin. 
Penimbrum. Made up words, yes. Penimbrum. That is spelled F-I-N-N-I-M-B-R-U-N. Phenimbrun. Won't you all send me your definitions for the word phenimbrun? And now, and if David knows this one, I can't be blamed. <laughs> I have never been to New Zealand. All right, Steve, I sent you the word that Dan's going to guess. <laughs> I should just send them directly to Dan, shouldn't I? Yeah, that'd be really... To kill, kill the middleman here. Well, don't kill the middleman, that's me. <laughs> kill the middleman! <laughs> there, Dan, I sent you a word. You can uh, just uh, guess that. Ooh. I like that. I'm just throwing him off the scent of my real definition. Doesn't matter what you do, he's going to pick your definition. I know. Pick it. I'm just aiming for it now. I think that's my new approach. <laughs> Lean in. Other pick, people pick Dan's definition. That's what really threw me off. He's not usually that popular. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Wow! Oh man! Sorry, Dan. I, I, I'm used to I'm used to picking your word all by myself. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. It's weird when I have to share you. <laughs> Hey. This is well, creepy. This game, this game got weird. Got oh, weird. Yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> Weirder. Steve, let's original. Let's get it creepy. <laughs> Creepier, everyone. Creepier. <laughs> all right, all the definitions are in for Fenimbrun, sent in from listener Alex from New Zealand. Two uh, firsts for this round. This is the first round in this game, which David has not known the answer to. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Don't know every word. Jeez. Lies. First use of the word archaic in this round of low oh, tech. <laughs> I, I hope it's woven. <laughs> or natural. So let's hear the definitions you guys came up with for Fenimbrun. The anchor to which a pendulum is attached. The membrane on top of cooling jellied pig's feet. A trifle, trinket, or knickknack. An archaic measure of volume. <laughs> Especially one pertaining to beverages. Yes, there it was. <laughs> Ding. A pastry not unlike cinnamon buns, but more dense and doughy. <laughs> Beaded aboriginal adornments worn on the ankles and wrists. Or a small stick used for prying open shellfish. Huh. Dan, don't okay. be shellfish. Tell us which one of those you think is oh. the correct definition. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Uh, was there one in there that was something like a trinket I think I heard was there one in there that was written by Jason yes there was excellent <laughs> give me that one what, uh, which was the one you were asking uh, about did you say there was one about a trinket a trifle trinket a or knickknack trifle, Dan trinket or yes. knickknack what, wait, is it a trifle a trinket or J- a knickknack J- Jason suspiciously had that down uh, down pat I'm just uh, yeah I, I will I will embrace that one wholeheartedly alright Tiff what do you think I'm going to go with the shellfish stick, although I'm very tempted by the Franina bun. <laughs> I think I got in someone's head. <laughs> shellfish stick. Shellfish stick. Shellfish. Shellfish stick. Shell, shellfish, shellfish, shellfish stick. Don't do your shellfish stick. It's like gefilte fish, but different. <laughs> I thought shellfish you know, stick was something you used to take your own picture. Three cups of coffee. <laughs> Everything's happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Erica, what say you? I'm going to go with the pig's feet one, just because it's so wacky. It sounds like the kind of thing a listener would pick to send in. That's that's where I'm going with it. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Does, does listener Alex seem like the type to come up with something like this? See, I don't, I, I don't know enough about listener Alex, so I'm hoping yes. I'm hoping yes. I'm not even certain if listener Alex is a male or female listener. Or exists. 
<laughs> well, something sent me an email. I don't know who or what. Uh, David Lower, what do you think? I think I'm going to help Jason get points and pick a trifle, trinket, or knickknack. Mm, one more for the trifle. Okay. Next up is Jason. What do you think is the correct definition for phenimbrin, Jason? Well, I can't pick my own answer that Dan and David picked. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I uh, and and it's a problematic. The measure of volume pertaining to beverages is essentially the same definition we had last time for something involving a measurement of beer, and, and that's shameless pandering to the host. Mm. Um, so I can't pick that one, and I hate it when I can't pick things. So I'm going to pick that one. God knows I hate pandering <laughs> to me. Yeah, so I'm going to pick that's an archaic true. measure of volume pertaining to beverages. All right. Okay. And Moe's, which one do you think is the correct definition? All right. Alex is from New Zealand. It's an island. Um, is let's it? go with that. Well, isn't it? Yeah. Sure. I guess it is. Um, Two islands. What about the what, what was the fish stick one? Fish sticks. <laughs> it was a small this, stick used for prying open shellfish. This show always oh, okay. makes me hungry. It doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter what we do. Always I hungry. Want cinnamon mm. buns. You're not hungry for the cinnamon buns. Mm. You're hungry for the shellfish. No, cinnamon I'm shellfish. I'd rather have some shellfish. The way Tiff seemed to her logic seems to bring me over to the fish stick. <laughs> <laughs> do the fish stick. I was like, there's a dance. Better than the we can all do the dance. So is that what you're taking? I'm taking it. All right. You're, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Tiff. The small stick used for prying open shellfish was, in fact, Erica's answer. Oh. Oh. Ah. That's two Good points. One. Nice. Going down the list here, Jason Snell thought oh. a penimbrin was an archaic measure of volume, especially one pertaining to beverages. That was Dan Morin's answer. Oh. <laughs> he got you nice. again. He did. Now the student has become the master. <laughs> but let's see if you got him too. Dan and David both thought that a phenimbrin was a trifle trinket or knickknack. A phenimbrin is a trifle yeah. trinket or knickknack. Two I points each to David and Dan. Wow. Uh, that leaves Erica, who thought it was the membrane on top of cooling jellied pig's feet. That heinous image was brought to you by Philip Moselak. <laughs> <laughs> so one point for Philip. And that means that at the end of two rounds... Uh, coming in at second place with five points, it's David. Hey. Alone in third place with three, it's Moe's. Yay. In fourth place with two, it's Erica. In fifth place with one, it's Jason. Uh, and taking up the rear, tied for sixth with no points, if and me. <sighs> oh, well. We'll do better this time, I'm sure of it. <laughs> oh, boy. Moving on to round three, the word for round three. This one not provided. Oh, by the way, thank you, a listener Alex, for that lovely word. Yeah, thanks a lot, Alex. <laughs> the word for round three is not a listener word. The word for round three is Burgi. No, not Burgu. No. Burgi. It's, it's like little Burgu. <laughs> That's spelled B-U-R-G-E-E. Burgi. It's just a couple of vowels different from it's, Burgu. Yeah. Mm. Please, won't you send me your definitions for the word Burgi now? I will not. <laughs> I, I didn't want to let on that that was an option, but I guess it is. <laughs> the only way to win is not to play. Jason wins. This word sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this word sucks. This word sucks. That should have been the name of the show. The yeah. yep. This word sucks. Yeah, that's not well, bad. Now here's your host, Steve Lutz, <laughs> with the words that suck. Exclamation. It's just, it's just reading. It's just reading entries from a dictionary. This word sucks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Jason, are you really not sending me a word? No, I am sending you a word. <laughs> Just very slowly. Please consider every character. There you go, Steve. It's a really good one. Send it to Dan. I can't wait for Dan to pick it. Yeah. Dan's not cooperating with me. <laughs> Sometimes he's picking correct answers instead of my answers. My oh, answers are the correct no. ones, Dan. This time for sure. Well, uh, we now have all of the definitions in for Burgie. Burgie. I just like to say it. Burgie. <laughs> uh, and apparently I need to have David Lohr on the all-listener word. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> this one too sure enough can you just ban him now can you just kick him off with the call <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh three points for david and the rest of you get to pick from these delightful choices a small plunger used for unclogging sinks <laughs> a flightless bird of the parrot family the task mm. of removing rocks from a field before planting an eskimo tool used for weaving a small flag flown from the masthead of a vessel to indicate yacht club membership. Or a casual shoe used for yachting. <laughs> Whoa, two yacht related answers? Wow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, those are the fantastic definitions you have to choose from. <laughs> the first one with the opportunity to choose in this round is Tiff. I'm going to go with the flightless bird, even though uh, I'm so scared that, yeah. It means nothing. People don't even listen to this. Oh, they listen. They listen and judge. <laughs> they judge hard. It's, it's just Glenn's kids. Glenn's kids love it, and, and nobody else listens. Hi, Glenn's kids. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the correct definition for Bergie? The last time I, I went with Tiff, we were both wrong. But that was the one I picked before she guessed, so I'm still going to go with the flightless bird. Oh, don't trust me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not now. <laughs> Jason, what do you think? Are you going to join on the uh, flightless bird train? No, I'm going to... I'm going to... What I don't is know a what... flightless bird train, Steve? <laughs> it's loud. <laughs> well, they're flightless, so they have to take a train. Come on. The, uh, that, that is the definition sense. for the word in round four. I should not have blown it by saying that now. <laughs> flightless bird train is, in fact... I'm going to head on down to the yacht club. Which one? Well, and the the question is, in a flag, your freak flag. It's it's the strange stew that you can get at a yacht club. So, could you read those two (laughs) definitions again for me, Steve? I could. Will you? Uh, Yes, I'm doing very slowly. (laughs) Okay, I'll wait. Uh, Your two options are a small flag flown from the masthead of a vessel to indicate yacht club membership, or a casual shoe used for yachting. Um, I'm suspicious of the, fra- the the word masthead, which I think you find on magazines and newspapers <laughs> more than boats. And I'm going to go with the casual shoe. You go with that casual shoe. Mm. I'm not going to judge. It's, it's a, a fashion book. choice. Mose, what think you? Well, see, I swear I've heard this word around yachts, and I thought it was something to do with a knot. And... Then Jason just hanging around yachts. Well, <laughs> as you do, and <laughs> yacht, yachting he's a, he's around. A yacht lurker. Well, when you're a hobo, it's it's what you do. It's um, a fine line between glinning and hanging out with yachts. <sighs> but see, Jason, your lake touristry, you've run across many yachts. Yeah. Yes. Um, <sighs> see, Jason just brought the whole shoe thing, but I don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> he often brings the shoe. I thing. do, <sighs> and he doesn't like masthead. I'm taking the flag. 
boy. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. <laughs> You're giving me give it mast head is what uh yeah i'm i'm putting a flag I, on my mast yeah, i think you, you might be right i think you might very well be right hey hey uh next up is dan dan what do you think uh i too am intrigued by the several mentions of yachting uh <laughs> i think i believe that's how it's actually pronounced um yeah he was the third beastie boy i i've heard i've heard it both ways um, I'm I'm actually gonna join Moe's on that on that masthead flag yes. thing. It's, she sounds just enough, just yachty enough to be true. Boys on a masthead. <laughs> All right. Well then, uh, let's start with that one. Moe's and Dan both thought that a burgee was a small flag flown from the masthead of a vessel to indicate yacht club membership, and they were both yeah. correct. That's what it is. Yes! Masthead is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's the head of the mast, I believe. <laughs> Newspaper thing so has to, to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, the jokes I want to make, but all I can think about is Glenn's kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Glenn's kids sounds like a uh, a poorly funded charity. Uh. Do we do we need some sort of a horn to indicate that Glenn's kids should cover their ears for five seconds? <laughs> the Fleischman horn. It's the horn horn. The spoiling youth horn. <laughs> Let's find out about that other yachting answer, Jason. Uh, you picked a casual shoe used for yachting. That was, in fact, written by Tiff. Aw, you were in the yacht gotcha. uh, vicinity. Yeah, yeah. It's from a movie. But I mean, come on. But you didn't f- pick the yachting thing. I'm confused now. Tiff and Eric, meanwhile, we already know they're both wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Who made them wrong, though? Here's his flightless bird of the parrot family. Why, it was Dan Morin. Two more points for Dan. Wow. Jeez. Quite a turn for Dan. I think they were thinking of budgies. Yes, that is that, that is actually where I was going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Freaking Captain Deception. So, after three rounds, wow. holy cow, Dan is way out. Well, not way out, but he's in the lead with ten. Damn. In second place somehow, with only eight points, is David Lore. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> <laughs> In third with five is Moe's, the newcomer. Good job, new guy. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fourth with two points, it's Erica Ensign. Tied for fifth with one each, Tiff and Jason. And taking up the Ooh, rear yeah. with zero, it's this guy. So let's move on to round four. Hey, I'm getting tired of words. Let's do something even dumber Uh-oh. for this round. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is a round I'm going to call Goo Complete Me. Mm. Yeah, I know. Hang on, I want to give it a second so I can hear the dull thud reverberate as many times as possible. I think I see where this is going. <laughs> uh, as you probably know, and Dan, I bet you probably know, since uh, you're, you're leaning forward on this, when you start typing search terms into Google, Google has a helpful, super not creepy way of suggesting <laughs> what you might be trying to type. Uh, presumably, these are things that lots of people have actually searched for previously. I'm going to tell you the beginning of a search term I typed into Google. And you tell me what Google thought I was probably going to ask. (laughs) For example, when I typed in, why do the Cylons, Google responded with, want to kill humans. When I typed in, what if Penny, Google responded with, meta dinosaur. Yes, yes it did. So, you tell me what Google suggested I was attempting to get at when I typed in, why does the Death Star... Please, tell me what Google thought I was trying to search for. Now. Coming up with dumb answers. Ideas seem less lame. 
Why does the Death Star happen to bad people? Why does the Death Star happen to good people? I don't know. It's a trick question. It's just the the. It's just why does the Death Star? Why does the Death Star suddenly appear every time you are near? Why are there so many movies about Death Stars? That's a good question, actually. Why does the Death Star Max von Sydow? Ah. <laughs> ah, very clever, very clever. Famous for appearing in The Force Awakens. And as a tree man in Game of Thrones, mm. you will not grow up to be in a tree like me. You have a different destiny. Brewmeister Smith in Strange Brew. It's too bad he couldn't have played Death in the Bill and Ted sequel. That would have made that scene even more perfect. William Sadler's pretty great, though. He is. That's a great scene. I love that scene. They're coming out with a third one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, they've supposedly been working on it for a while. What is it? Bill and Ted are very, very old and actually die? Well, need some money. <laughs> Bill and Ted need the cash. <laughs> CG. The old CG. It's Bill and Ted and Harold and Kumar. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Go to go to White Castle in back in time. Bill and Ted and Harold and Kumar and Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Now Bill and Ted and Harold and Kumar and Dumb and Dumber. Two. Bill and Ted and Harold and Kumar and Harold and Maude. Ah. Two Harolds. All right, all the answers are in. Uh, I suggested the search term <laughs> why does the Death Star? And you all told me what you thought Google suggested as possible uh Extra words to that search, shall we say. Note that some of these, by the way, are very similar, but they're not exactly alike, so I'm not going uh, to combine them or do anything silly like that this time. I'm just going to make you decide between two very similar answers, because that's how I roll. Okay, so you tell me, what did Google say when I typed in, why does the Death Star? Was it, <laughs> why does the Death Star explode, not implode? Why does the Death Star have an open port like that? <laughs> Why does the Death Star blow up so easily? Why does the Death Star not rotate? Oh. <laughs> Why does the Death Star have terrible waste management? <laughs> Why does the Death Star blow up? Or why does the Death Star have a hole? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the answers. You guys just have to pick which one Google really provided. I typed in, that is the Death Star. Uh, and first to decide this round is Erica Ensign. Erica, why does the Death Star? I, I hate all of humanity right now. <laughs> <laughs> Us included. Pick it. Pick it. Thanks for lumping um, me in with humanity, by the way. Appreciate that. You're welcome. It's my good deed for the day. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the explode, not implode one. Okay. Next up is David. I'm I'm thinking your computer has gotten used to your search terms, so I'm gonna say, why does the Death Star have a hole? <laughs> <laughs> I cleared my cache, by the way, before typing this in. <laughs> Just so you all know. That's a lie. That cache that cache <laughs> needed some clearing, Steve. <laughs> it was pretty clogged up. Uh, next up, Jason. Uh, yeah, have a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I already do. <laughs> have another, Steve. Okay. Mose, what do you think? Okay. Last answer dealt with mastheads, so I'm going to go and follow with the idea that that you have a, a, a theme going, so I'm going with have a hole. Oh, <laughs> boy. 
What does have a hole have to do with mast It's like a, a Bonnie Raitt <laughs> song, right? Have a hole. It's mastheads and holes. <laughs> oh, yes. The classic mastheads and holes gambit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, it's like snakes and ladders. Right. <laughs> Those two always go together. Mm-hmm. Like, like, well, like mastheads and holes, for instance. Peanut butter <laughs> and jelly. <laughs> it makes sense to me. I'm, okay. <laughs> I've got to get in your head. Oh. Ooh, That's hey. scary. So, let's move along. Uh, Dan, Morin, what do you think? Oh, man, I'm really torn between blow up and blow up so easily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think those are both pretty good. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Why Does the Death Star Blow Up? Why Does the Death Star Blow Up? Did they not see the movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, really, but Why? But why? All right, and uh, last up is Tiff. I'll also have a hole. Yeah. <laughs> well, a well. hole for all my friends. <laughs> Holes for everyone. I think that's on Steve's welcome mat outside his front door. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, boy. We have fun. Maybe, okay. it's, maybe it's outside his back door. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, well, yes. That's uh, Sorry, Glenn's kids. Check, please. Look away, Glenn's kids. Don't listen. <laughs> Boiler dung. Actually, my door <laughs> doormat says, my hole explodes, not implodes. So, Okay. So uh, let's start with one of the ones that everybody didn't pile on to. Uh, Erica thought that uh, why does the Death Star explode, not implode was the correct well, I answer. Wanted, I wanted that to be the right answer. Yes. Uh, it wasn't. It was Dan's. I, I know you did, Erica. <laughs> Dan, what did you do? You picked up. Why does the Death Star blow up? Uh, that very pedestrian answer was, in fact, Jason Snell's answer. At last. Bait the hook. Just got to go straight with it. I mean, really. Yep. What, would people, what do people want to know? Four, count them, four of you, David, Jason, Mose, and Tiff, all thought that when I typed in white as the Death Star, Google helpfully responded back with, have a hole. Yeah. And it is, in fact, what Google did. <laughs> I hate you. Wow. disappoint Google. Oh, I love you. That means so much. that thousands and thousands of people have presumably typed in, why does the Death Star have a hole into a search? And I think I'm on Erica's side about humanity. Oh, my God. I should have known you guys would pick up on that one immediately, but I had to go for it. What are you going to do? All right. So after four rounds... Uh, that even things up slightly. Dan is now in the lead with 11 points. Jeez. Actually, I guess he already was. He's still in the lead, this time with only 11 points. Sneaking up on him is David Lore with 10 points. In third place with seven is Moe's. Yes. Uh, in fourth place with four is Jason Snell. In fifth with three is Tiffany Arment. Uh, in sixth with two points, Erica Ensign. And no points for me as of yet. But I'm feeling <laughs> about round five this is your round you know if dan would have only picked the one with the uh, death star blowing up so easily that point would have been mine oh Uh, mm. too much detail erica yeah Mm. (laughs) all right the word for round five that david knows is (laughs) grogram grogram Grogram. that's in the shining right yes Grogram is Margog backwards. Gargog. <laughs> uh, now you took my definition, Steve. <laughs> what is Grogram? G-R-O-G-R-A-M. Grogram. Please, won't you send me your definitions for Grogram? <laughs> Computer and Grogram. Grogram and Magrogram. Grogram. I like this word. 
Just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, you may be alone in that. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This word sucks again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a uh, covering woven from natural fiber used to uh, an, ar- an archaic covering. Close Jason. a fjord. Yes. <laughs> Semicolon a. <laughs> Semicolon a small Egyptian animal. <laughs> that similar to the raccoon. It's a large male lamb that uh, actually drinks alcoholic beverages. A grog ram. Mm. That's probably the actual definition, David. Thank you. I was going to make that. I was going to make that joke, but I left it for David. Thank you. Thank you're welcome. Happy to help. When you do a podcast that uh, everybody's been drinking on, it's no longer a program. It's a grog. <laughs> it's a grog ram. It's a grog ram. Grog. Welcome to the grog ram. It did kind of sound like a grog ram going on over there. Yeah. Hey, while we're on the subject of David Lore, guess who got another sad face? <laughs> oh, you kidding me? What? That sound you were hearing was him trying to keep himself from gloating, I think. <laughs> it was actually a ram that drinks alcohol Never again. beverages? <laughs> oh, yes. So that's the sound of gloating. <sighs> or him drinking alcoholic beverages. Hey, Steve, are you remembering why he hasn't been on in a long time? Mm, I sure am. And yet Dan's winning. That's because we suck. Long game. Dan knows long we game. suck. <laughs> All right. These are the remaining definitions for the word grogram. A rib-textured ribbon, a system of symbols used on bottles of alcohol to indicate their contents. Like measurement? (laughs) (laughs) You could say that's something measurement-related. Interesting. Hmm. Coarse, loosely woven silk fabric. (laughs) No. The silted top layer of peat moss. An intricate design created by sprinkling sand on the floor of a temple. Or human excrement used as fertilizer. Those are your options for grogram. They're all pretty great. I don't know how you're going to choose. First up would be David, but he doesn't get to guess again. So let's move on to Jason. Uh, I'm going to pick the silted top layer of peat moss uh, so Dan can get a point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's very charitable of you. I'm sure Dan appreciates Somebody's got to fight David. Fight David! <laughs> Mose, what do you think is oh a grog? Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, there's one in there that doesn't sound like the others. And you said coarse silk? Uh, coarse, loosely woven silk fabric. See, coarse silk doesn't sound right. <laughs> Therefore. That's why I'm going with it. <laughs> I like Moses' strategy, actually. I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's impossible. I pick it. I got to be honest. None of these sound right. This is true. It doesn't really narrow it down for me. Dan, what Jeez. think you? Hey, Don't create a log jam. Which of these is pick Jason's? A definition for grogram. Which of these is Jason's? I'm trying to figure out. Um, I, I Yeah, I, I really like the uh, the one about the beer what was it? It was a, a, a labeling <laughs> really system like beer, to, for beer? A system of symbols used on bottles of alcohol to indicate their contents. There's something very pleasing about it, but I also I don't trust it. Um, 
I trust nothing. We call those letters. I feel the same way about you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> These grogram um, or letters indicate what is contained in this bottle of alcohol. I call that a label usually, but uh, you know, whatever. Grogram R, U, and M combine. You know that it is distilled from molasses. Come on, Dan. Get with the grogram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm picking that one. Fine. Let's do it. <laughs> it's your funeral. Yep. <laughs> Tiff, what do you think a grogram is? The peat moss sounded good. So I'm going to go with that one. Mm, peat moss does sound good. <laughs> it's a long toast. Mm. <laughs> and last up for this round is Erica. I was going to go with the peat moss one, but then <laughs> Jason and Tiff picked it. <laughs> I know. Kiss of death. Kiss of death. Makes me certain that it's Dan's. So It's silted. Uh, I'm going to go with the ribbon. Going with the ribbon is Erica. Last minute. Let's just last minute. Just wacky. Change it up. It was pretty wacky. <laughs> I felt wacky. Let's start with that one since we're in a wacky mood now. Uh, mm. Erica thought that a grogram was a rib textured ribbon. She, in fact, gave one point to Tiff. Yeah. Ooh. I fooled you. It's grain. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know that word. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Dan Morin thought that a grogram was a system of symbols used on bottles of alcohol to indicate their contents. Uh, Jason's happy about the fact that he thought it was that because that was his answer. Excellent. Back on track. <laughs> Guys, really? There's like a yeah, skull and a lightning bolt and all these things that indicate different <laughs> kinds of alcohol. Totally. Starting to get a little weird. Lake tourists know what it's all about. They're like beer emoji. <laughs> yes, the, amongst the Lockenvelder, we are all there. <laughs> uh, Jason and Tiff both thought that a grogram was the silted top layer of peat moss. No, indeed, that was Moses' answer. Ooh. <laughs> nice, nice play, Moses. <laughs> Very impish. Uh, two points for Moses, and then two subtracted for that laugh. <laughs> but then he gets two more because he guessed correctly that a grogram oh is a my gosh. Oh no. my silk fabric. Wow. <laughs> Moses got this figured out. Steve, you're just trolling us now. Or silk and wool, or silk and something else, but it's it defined in certain dictionaries. I found on the internet, so you know they're true, as coarse, loosely woven silk fabric. Wow. Thank you, and good night. So, after round five, here's how we stand. David is in the lead. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen. He's got 13 points. Great. Uh, tied for second with 11 points each. Moses made a strong move into second. He's tied with Dan with 11 points. Yes. Uh, in fourth with five points, a little ways back, but still within striking distance is Jason oh, Snow. Yes. I'm coiled and ready to strike. <laughs> uh, in fifth with four points, Tiffany Arment. In That's right. I'm, I'm the mongoose, Jason. I'm coming for you. <laughs> She's right on your tail, dude. Watch out. Uh, laying back and just, you know, taking it easy. Maybe being a little bit lazy is Erica Ensign with two points. <laughs> As yep. is her want. Mm -hmm. uh, even lazier myself zero points for me nice i gotta stay job. on brand speaking of brands it's the crazy round Woo! Woo! Crazy! Woo! crazy round uh oh my oh god my. <laughs> I think, no i smell and i'm hearing bells <laughs> once again dan nobody thought it was you <laughs> yes, this is the crazy round where anything can happen and uh very rarely does but it could <laughs> something could happen so uh, let's go. Let's, let's start in a word for round six, which is 
Witzelsucht. That's boss, not English. Is Glenn here? Witzelsucht <laughs> is the word. W-I-T-Z-E-L-S-U-C-H-T. Witzelsucht. Please send me your definitions for the word. Witzelsucht. German for this word sucks. <laughs> Says the guy in second place. <laughs> what a guy do? It's beginner's luck. I didn't have that kind of luck when I started, or ever. Coarse silk gets you every time. I guess low thread count, maybe. Well, that was the other one. Everybody kept talking about it. Everybody's talking about coarsely woven silk. Shut your mouth. You walk around the streets these days, you can hardly find a hipster who isn't discussing coarsely woven silk. It's grogroom this, latte that. It's not Hamilton, it's grogroom. I am not throwing away my loom. (laughs) That's that's good. It's still useful. It really is. Looms are useful for so many things. Oh, my God. You got to ban him. I haven't even seen the whole definition yet. I've just seen the first three words. You're just like, no, come back on low definition. It's been a long time. Come back on low definition. Come on. Ah, it's fun. You can be the uh, the player everyone loves. That's right. Yeah. You just have to stop picking words that I know. You have to stop knowing words that I pick. <laughs> <laughs> you can pick your words. You can pick your friends. And you can oh. pick your... <laughs> oh. You can clearly pick your friends' words. You can... <laughs> that's, this entire game is based on that. <laughs> that's that's like Dan and Jason's strategy right there. Yeah, th- th- Those are all your options on this game, literally. You, pick you can friends. even pick your words with friends. <laughs> This round is not not crazy enough now, in my mind. Now, what makes this one crazy? It's not a crazy round. Because it's a non-English word? Because it's round six. Because oh. it's round six. Any, anything can happen, Moe's. It doesn't oh. often happen. But it could. But it could. But it could. Okay. That's right. That's right. Aren't you on your seat wondering what might happen? I'm waiting. Well, just wait. I mean, there there was a bell. I'm on the edge of my vigil, Stugt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a Vitrostuck with the uh, kraut and German mustard earlier. It was really good. Stop making me hungry. <laughs> I don't think you should eat it. It might make you Vitrostuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it gets Vitrostuck, that's that's where it the works word for comes everything. <laughs> all right, all of the definitions are in for the delightful word Vitzelzucht. And uh, well, David Lohr's got his fourth sad face. Oh, come on. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? The good news is he only gets three points in these rounds. He could get more if he wouldn't sure. keep guessing the answers to these words. If he just played dumb, came up with a fake answer, got points that way, and then took the two points for actually knowing the word, but perhaps I've said too much. I just want to say, I didn't know this word until I read a story about it literally like two weeks ago. Great story, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, these are the remaining definitions after David's was taken out. For Witzelzucht, a medieval weapon formed from a curved blade at the end of a pike. Mm. A bronze Germanic trident. Mm. A cordless handheld vacuum cleaner. A neurological condition that causes one to make inappropriate puns. <laughs> A seeker of wild mushrooms. Or a swollen bump from a mosquito. So those are your options for the word Witzelsucht. Jason Snell, Jason. I'm going to say it's a uh, medieval weapon. 
formed from a curved blade at the end of a pike. Sure. Is that- right. No, it was the other kind of medieval weapon that was in the list, Steve. All righty then. Uh, Mose, what do you think? We got two medieval type weapons, it sounds like. You got Germanic tridents and you've got stuff on the top of pikes, which means I'm not going to pick either one of those. <laughs> they don't sound Solid. wrong enough. The Germanic trident is, is leaning me there. But I am thinking about the last one. What was that, Steve? The swollen bump from a mosquito bite. You got it. That's what I want. Mm. Well, go stand in a, in a swampy area <laughs> and you will have one. <laughs> stand on the silted top layer of some peat moss and you'll... There you go. You'll get one. All right. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Was there, there was a, someone looking for mushrooms? Was that the... A seeker of wild mushrooms. Yeah, let's, let's go with uh, Jason's answer, a seeker of wild mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> let's go with Jason's answer, a seeker of wild mushrooms. Uh, Tiff. Hmm. Although I believe a seeker of wild mushrooms is called a pig, I'm still going <laughs> to go with that one. It could be German for pig. That's what, I, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. All right. And Erica, what thank you? I'm going to go with a mosquito bite. Yes. There you go. Go with a winner. <laughs> yeah. Running with Moe's. I see how it yep. is. <laughs> I've, learned, I've learned my lesson. Piling onto the swollen bump. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants swollen bumps. Have a hole. And a masthead. <laughs> All right. We'll start with that one then. Uh, Moe's and Erica both thought that a swollen bump from a mosquito bite was a Witzelzucht. That was, in fact, Tiff's answer. Oh, oh, she's in my head. I'm <laughs> sitting here itching one right now. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Steve, sir. Why does the Death Star have a swollen bump from a mosquito bite? Because <laughs> <laughs> was bitten by a mosquito. Come on. Space mosquito. Space mosquito. Space that's mosquito. right. Star mosquito. The Star Wars universe, you go with, you go with star. Let's talk about Dan's answer. Let's talk he about picked- Dan's answer. all right let's not let's just skip it and go on (laughs) leave the term was i'll pick jason's answer a seeker of wild mushrooms (laughs) i guess what dan a seeker of wild mushrooms was jason's answer i'm a seeker of jason's answers (laughs) (laughs) you're really good at that i know i know if only i could turn that into some sort of marketable skill Jason, meanwhile, thought that a medieval weapon formed from a curved blade at the end of a pike was a Witzelzucht. Nope, that was Erica's answer. Uh, One point. Hooray! The correct definition for Witzelzucht is a neurological condition that causes one uh, to make... Uh, uh, Dan, I, I think I got a word for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I thought somebody was just editorializing about me, so I didn't pick that Yeah, one. me too. <laughs> Me three. I'm just, my wife sent me the article saying, here, you'll like this because you have it. <laughs> I should have guessed that from, yeah. I should have mm-hmm. guessed that from things David would know. All right. So after around Witzelsucht, <laughs> these are your scores. Uh, David is well within the 18 point striking distance. He has 16 points. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, tied for second with 11 points each. It's Moe's and Dan. All right. Uh, in fourth place with seven, it's Jason. In fifth place with six, it's Tiff. Uh, bringing up nearly the rear in sixth place with three points is Erica. And the actual rear is this guy. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> I'm two points away from my prediction, Steve. So I'm looking really good. Feeling good. I'm just happy I have some points. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home with that. <laughs> 
All right. Well, since we're running out of time here, let's do a dumb round. Wait, the what? rest weren't? This I'm dumb every round, This will be harder for David to win. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a round I'm calling Goodwill Reading. Uh, I call it that because I actually dropped by the local Goodwill thrift store, and I picked a paperback at random from the bookshelf at the Goodwill. I'm going to read you the blurb on the back of that book's jacket. Based on that, you're going to write for me the first sentence of that book. <laughs> I love this already. <laughs> did you buy the book, Steve, or did you just take a picture of the back cover? Uh, I, I regret to say that I did not, in fact, support my local Goodwill by uh, buying this book. Yeah, the winner could have gotten the book as a press. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, that would have been exciting. Yeah, that would probably have kept whoever it is that wins from coming back. All right. <laughs> Uh, this book is a uh, is an entry in the Silhouette Intimate Moments collection. Oh, dear. Uh, this is by USA Today bestselling author Beverly Barton from her series, The Protectors. The Protectors, ready to lay their lives on the line, but unprepared for the power of love. The title of this book is Downright Dangerous. And this is the blurb on the back of the jacket. Listen carefully. You don't want to miss a word. Damn right, irresistible! Exclamation mark. She had always been the good girl, putting her family first, never thinking of herself. But now Elsa Leone was a woman on a mission, and her well-meaning attempt to put an end to crime in her town had earned her enemies. Deadly enemies. Enter Rafe Devlin. Yes, Rafe (laughs) Devlin. Top-notch bodyguard and just about as bad as a man can be. Or so he said. But the moment Elsa saw the tender lover beneath the hard-bodied protector, she knew the stakes had just gotten higher. Because if letting Rafe into her lonely life was trouble, loving him was, all caps, downright dangerous. (laughs) That's the blurb. You tell me, what was the first line of that delightful romance novel please send me your first lines now i'd like to apologize to beverly barton who was a faithful listener of low definition (laughs) (laughs) it has been for years yes for many years she's been listening to this for five years now this very low definition podcast she was listening to it back when this was on five by five and we called it this word sucks (laughs) Uh, i believe that's vitzel sucked i remember that I wanted to call it, but Dan Benjamin wouldn't let me. No. He said it was too lowbrow. <laughs> he said, that's not a word. That just means human excrement used as fertilizer. <laughs> Coincidentally, also a thought for the title of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the excrement is words. The fertilizer <laughs> is this podcast. <laughs> and we are just that fine layer of silt on top. On top of the peat. Every day. Yeah, my stepsister read a bunch of Harlequin novels. Never read the silhouette novels. Did you know there are knitting novels? Oh, yeah. No. What? <gasps> yeah, there's mm-hmm. like, it's like knitting romances. I love knitting romances. There are knitting, knitting murder right mysteries. Now. <laughs> Library well, rule 34. If there's a thing, there's a book of it. Yeah. That's right. right. I'm surprised there isn't like a cat cooking knitting murder mystery series. There probably each, is. So there probably got is. to be like there probably them. is. Yeah, with vampires. It's like it's like the cozy but very busy mystery. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, by the way, before you read these, Steve, 
Uh, yes. Glenn's kids don't listen to this. I just, <laughs> I just don't, don't listen. I'm, I'm afraid of what's about to happen. Don't listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it going to get dirty? Uh, yeah. <laughs> In the first line, you don't want to give it away oh, yeah. right away. That's what I'm saying. You got to build it up. You do. You gotta, you know, romance it. That's why you read them. How it works. Build it up. Well, it's, that's that's the beauty of it, though. With with the spy angle, it's like. You've already you're, you you start at a certain level. Where does it go from there? Oh my god! <clears throat> all right, all the first lines are in. <laughs> As it were, or the silhouette intimate moments classic. <laughs> downright dangerous. Downright. And, uh, uh, these are actually these are actually disappointingly clean, although good, I should say. But yes, uh, Glenn's kids, go ahead and stick around. You don't need to go to the soundproof booth. You aren't going to oh. learn anything new. You didn't ask for chapter seven. You asked for the first line. Yeah, that's right. Just say it. Just seems like some of the men might have, you know, maybe just leapt right in without, uh, you know, trying to warm anybody up. But Steve, we're not you. Hey, these are sensitive guys. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They really they are. Romance in our souls. Kind of disgusting. Probably. I mean, I, I was tempted to use the word thrust, but I was good. <laughs> All was right. Good. These are the first lines of downright dangerous, or at least one of them is. Let's hear what they are. Elsa's heart fluttered in her throat when the man appeared in the doorway. Elsa Leone had become a major irritation, stirring up trouble and getting the whole town of Maysville worked up over the problems down in Honeytown. (laughs) Stand back, said Rafe Devlin, flexing just enough to reveal the holstered gun beneath his jacket. That's a euphemism. Almost certainly. Yeah. Just checking. Keep yours beneath your jacket? It's a long jacket. Okay. Duster. Even on these warm summer days, I felt cold and lost. Telegram for you, Miss Leone, said the bellhop. The turnstile clicked as Elsa entered the dank subway station as she noticed the vibration from her cell phone. Very different time periods going <laughs> from a telegram to a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> lastly, Elsa took one look at the hard man as he entered. Wondering what turn of fate had brought him into the bar. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So, wait, David didn't cor- correctly guess the opening line of this book? I'm shocked. <laughs> so he would have been banned for life, but he is uh, he's still in this one. So If you can manage to avoid picking his answer, you have a chance to live to round eight. We'll just have to see. <laughs> so those are your options for the first line for downright dangerous. First up to choose in round seven is... Philip Moselak. Jeez. Oh, it's not Maysville and down under Hundyville, whatever it is. Um, Honeytown. 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 Won't you um, take me to, to Honeytown? Because that's innuendo. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no, we can't have that in a romance novel. <laughs> that's right. It's clean um, stuff, man. All right. It's going to be warm summer nights and cold days. Old and lost. Yes. Moe's is cold and lost. <laughs> that better not be David's. <laughs> Dan. I think I'm going to go with the last one. Uh, Elsa took one look at the hard man as he entered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Comma. All right. Dan for the hard man. <laughs> <laughs> what was the bellhop one? One was, telegram for you, Miss Leone, said the bellhop. I'm going to go with that one. Erica. Well, I don't think that they are meeting on page one, so I don't think it's the hard man one. 
that's 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 the uh, that's the the guess of somebody who is uh, who has not read a lot of these books. And I'm not going to say I've read a lot of them, but enough. Who knows if that's him? Well, it could it, it could be somebody else, but yeah, they they usually start very very more more gently. So I'm going to go with the warm summer day one. The uh, I, w- I was tempted by the heart in her throat, but but we'll go with warm summer days. All right, David. Well, you get to guess this time. Isn't that fun? I know. Um, I think I'm going to go with the warm summer day too. It's it's got that sort of flowery, oh. gentle beginning where you know it's mm-hmm. like she's she's setting the mood. She's narrating. She's going. I was cold inside, but Rafe will wake me up. <laughs> wow, you yeah. really got in my head there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be right back. I'll be in my boat. Uh, Jason, <laughs> well, I, I, if if somebody on the panel did, even on these warm summer days, I felt cold and lost. I want to congratulate them because that's the only one that doesn't shamelessly try to cram as much from the back cover in the opening line as possible. It doesn't mention any names. It's first person, which I think is actually a little bit surprising. Um, so although I, I, I'm tempted to pick Honeytown because I kind of love that it lays out all the reasons why she's going to get in trouble and uh, and need maybe to be saved by Rafe Devlin. Um, oh, oh hell, I'm just going to pick it anyway. Honeytown. <laughs> Jason's going to Honeytown. Jason's going to Honeytown. That's right. Not just to Honeytown, but to the problems down in Honeytown. There's too many people on warm summer days. I got to switch it up. That's true. That could be a you know a real winner for somebody. It's a good one, though. It could be. Let's find out. Uh, let's start with this one. Dan Morin thought that the first line of Downright Dangerous was, Elsa took one look at the hard man as he entered, wondering what turn of fate had brought him into the bar. That was David Lohr's answer. Yeah, I knew as soon as I picked it, it was David's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I thought about it after I said it and was like, no, no, that wasn't right. That's one point to David. David is one point away at this point. Let's see, uh, let's see if he goes over the 18-point uh, finish line in this round. Uh, let's see. Next up, let's go with uh, Telegram for you, Miss Leone, which was picked by Tiff. That was Erica's answer. Yes. Good one. <laughs> I, let's see here. Um, oh, three of you, Moe's, Erica, and David Lore, each thought that the, the opening sentence of this book was, even on these warm summer days, I felt cold and lost. Nope, that was Tiff's answer. Three points for Tiff. <laughs> all right, wow. Tiff. Nicely They're all still alive through to round eight. So that leaves deep. Jason Snell, <laughs> who at the last second... Uh, veered away from the warm summer days to the problems down in Honeytown and earns himself two points yes! because that's... Oh, oh, I wanted wow. to vote for that one. Uh, I know. It's the opening that... sentence for Downright that Dangerous. Terrible. <laughs> it had so much detail in it that it was like, the, the chances of anybody writing that seemed very low. But she's but... going to get in trouble and she's going to get bailed yeah. out because she's a busybody yeah. and she's trying to trying to solve problems and it only raved Evelyn. It, it, make, it makes sense. <laughs> as soon as I, someone I mentioned the euphemism of Honeytown, I was like, no, that can't be it. <laughs> See, that, that was my second choice because... My stepsister always said, you know, the, the Harlequin ones are good. The Harlequin silhouette ones, those are the trashy ones. Mm-hmm. So Honeytown is, mm-hmm. yeah. I assure you, that book it. picked completely at random <laughs> from the Gave shelf. You the gift the of Honeytown. What did the cover look like? Uh, I think there was a woman on the front and a dude, <laughs> and they were shirtless. Well, the dude was. <laughs> Uh, staring smoldering, smolderingly at each other. Wait, can, can we get uh, the... It was like um, a dramatic sky. Yeah. 
Steve, can Maybe. we get the breakdowns for the ones that didn't get picked? I'm just curious to know who I want. I want names attributed to all of these sentences. <laughs> all right. Well, Dan, if you'll recall, yours was Elsa's heart fluttered in her throat when oh. the man appeared at the doorway. I, yes, that, that was, was gross. Mine. Earning some points for the heart fluttering <laughs> from somebody. <laughs> thanks. Thanks most. Ahead, no problem. Uh, you know what the real one was? Uh, stand back, said Rafe Devlin, flexing just enough to reveal the holstered gun beneath his jacket. Was Jason. Yep. Got a little dialogue in there, oh, right in the middle of the action. God. He's dug up the cover. It's smooching. It's just smooching. It doesn't really express uh, downright dangerous, frankly, but what are you going to do? The protectors. Where were we? <laughs> oh, uh, even on these warm summer days, I felt cold and lost was Tiff's. Uh, telegram for you, Miss Leone, said the bellhop was Erica's. The turnstile clicked as Elsa entered the dank subway station. As she Dank subway station was in there, too, and I let it go. Huh. As she noticed the vibration from her cell phone. From her cell phone, sure. That was Moe's. You know, you and, try. Uh, of course, you David try. came up with Elsa <laughs> to took one, law, uh, one look at the hard man as he entered, wondering what turn of fate had brought him into the bar. So, there you go. After seven rounds, uh, here's how it breaks down. David is one point away, so close, with 17. He's in the lead. Uh, tied for second with 11 points each. It's Moe's and Dan. Uh, tied we haven't we moved in a while. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. standing pat that's good you found a place you liked and you're sticking with it i appreciate that consistency uh tied for fourth with nine points each jason and tiff nice move there tiff she's moving up as predicted <laughs> uh alone in sixth just taking it easy just kicking back is uh, eric inside at least i got a point <laughs> and uh i was rudely stripped of six points at the last possible second by jason <laughs> snell so i still have nothing <laughs> but uh, round eight is another round Billy Ray Beaver? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm, I swear to God, I looked it up. It's like, no. Billy Ray Beaver is the husband of the author? Yep. Oh, my Lord. Oh, I thought that was the <laughs> character. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, me too. No, no. <laughs> well, that explains why she kept her maiden name for her nom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he gets a. You know, fortunately, the good news is she's got an endless supply of castery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What was she doing to him? The poor man. Elsa Leone had become a major irritation, stirring up pro- trouble and getting the whole town of Maysville worked up over the problems down in Honeytown. After receiving a few phone calls and letters of warning, she should have gotten the message that she was involving herself in things that could get her killed. But she hadn't heeded those friendly warnings. The woman was as tenacious as a bulldog with a juicy bone. I'll stop that, there. <laughs> I'll There's stop. There's your first like a, uh, innuendo right there. First page reads like the pro, reads like the the back of the book. <laughs> All right, so uh, that was great. Let's move on to round eight. Yeah. Enough greatness. Uh, round eight is another word that uh, that uh, David Lore knows. Okay, good. Thank goodness we got to <laughs> so, uh, wrap this up. So, you know, get ready for the end of the game. Uh, but I cannot be blamed because this is, in fact, a listener word. This came from... Listener Troy. Oh, Listener oh, Troy. Listener Troy. That's Listener Troy. You know him. You love him. Listener Troy. Wow. Sorry, I have strong <laughs> feelings about Listener Troy. You really do. It's like a Star Trek character. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's you may have even stronger uh, feelings about Listener Troy after you hear the word that he supplied, which is Borborygmus. Gesundheit. Borborygmus. B O R B O R Y G M U S. Borborygmus. Please, won't you send me your definitions for Borborygmus right now? Or, you know, when you get around to it. Waiting for 
definitions for Borborygmus. Oh my. <laughs> I can tell David didn't get it. I wouldn't bet on that. Or I might have just put a fake definition for kicks. He's not. He's gore-gramming. <laughs> now he's just screwing with you. I'm gore-gramming with my Borborygmus. Oh, that's the word. Yeah. What did I say? Gore-gamming. Gore-gramming. <laughs> that's, that's when you send a telegram to Al Gore. Oh. <laughs> I know it's when you send Al Gore as a telegram to someone else. <laughs> I mean, being admissive. That's a silhouette novel, right? Yes. <laughs> It's all about problems down in Honeytown. Elsa took one look at the inconvenient missive as it came into the room. Inconvenient missive for you, Miss Leon. <laughs> <laughs> the steel-hard gaze fixed her with his eyes. Jeez. <laughs> as opposed to fixing her with his nose. Or anything else. Or anything else. He was a hard man to love, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but in sen- sentences afterwards, it was Juicy Bone... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like a dog with a juicy bone. Yeah. See, that's the thing. We we, we were just being too intellectual with our euphemisms. <laughs> I don't think that sentence has ever been said about us before. I know. <laughs> and never again. Glenn, maybe. But. All right, all the definitions are in for listener Troy's word, Borborygmus. And not one, but two sad faces have to be handed <gasps> out in this round. What? Uh... And there probably would be a third, but I think David is just toying with you guys. <laughs> what, David? If, all right, if David wasn't one of these, he totally is just screwing around. Uh, so, in fact, uh, Mose and Erica, you both were uh, close enough, I think, that uh, I have to give you guys the three points for getting the correct answer wow. for this one. Oh, uh, yeah. So, congratulations. Wow. Thank you. That leaves just five definitions to choose from. So let's hear them. Borygmus, a portion of the brain most active during sleep periods. Intestinal rumbling caused by moving gas. A person who acts with callous disregard to their own strength. A defect of the endocrine system that prevents metabolization of alcohol. Or an invasive horned vine. Somebody still got the romance novel on the brain ice. <laughs> <laughs> Very evasive. Borger, Borger. And uh, starting us off this round is Dan Moore. And Dan, which of those is the correct definition for Borborygmus? I think I'm going to go with the, what was it, intestinal rumbling? Caused by moving gas. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. All right. You go with it. I'll be over here. Tiff, what do you think? I'm going to go with the one, uh, what was it, like alcohol digestion? A defect in the endocrine system that prevents metabolization of alcohol? Sure. All right. David has that. Sometimes. Uh, let's see. Erica, we skip. She had it right. David. Woo-hoo. I'm going to go with the intestinal rumbling because I remember my classical Greek. Do you now? I do. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the classical Greek food I have had has produced a lot. <laughs> As it would. Uh, Too much tzatziki? Mm. We call that gyro, rigmus, I think. Mm. Baba ganoush? Uh, Jason? Well, I'd like to pick a person who acts with callous disregard, but I think they're just going for ignoramus there. So I'm going to go with the tummy <laughs> rumbling. <laughs> tummy rumbling. Right. Wow, that's it. That's all the guessers. All right, well, let's start with uh, Tiff, who thought that a barbarigmus was a defect of the endocrine... Endoc- <sighs> three out of three. Good job, Steve. 
endocrine system that prevents metabolization of alcohol. Steve, I really fact, thought you'd have trouble with pronouncing metabolization, not endocrine, when I wrote that clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I win then. Hooray! Uh, that was actually Jason's answer, as you may have guessed. Yeah, I lose. So, points to Jason for that. Three of you thought that a listener would come in with the word that means intestinal rumbling caused by moving gas. As though a listener of this show would be so crass. <laughs> Effectively a fart reference. Uh, yeah, you'd be correct. <laughs> listener Troy <laughs> did, in fact, uh, produce the word borborygmus, correct definition of which is intestinal rumbling caused by moving gas. That means two points each for Dan, Jason Snell, and... David Lore, who now has 19 points and is the winner of round four of Low Definition. Good job, David. Yay! Thank you. I appreciate that at least mine was your second guess, Jason. The (laughs) winner's circle still has your musk in it from the last two times you were on the show. So it should feel very familiar to you. Uh, we've kept it warm for you. I forget who's in there previously. (laughs) It's got the stink of Glenn in there, too. Oh, 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 that's what that is. God. (laughs) Glenn song stays on my mind. Uh, so, 19 for David. He like wins. Lands of a beaver. Uh, who else? In second place, with a strong finish for his first outing, uh, is Philip Mozilek. Good job, Mose. Thank you. Wow. 14 points for Mose. Uh, directly behind him with, with 13 points is Dan Morin. Hooray! Hey! Uh, in fourth place with 12 is Jason Snell. Exceeded my expectations. That's right. Somehow one of you didn't get the other's answer for one round, yeah. so you're off by one. But oh, well. uh, nobody's. Uh, let's see. In um, where are we? Fifth place with nine points, Tiffany Arment. I uh, in sixth yeah. place with seven, Erica Ensign. I knew a word though, so that's 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 a victory for me. Yes, you did. Good <laughs> job. And I I, I admit uh, that perhaps Borborygmus might have already been on my list before listener Troy came in. <laughs> with an email Uh, but I'm going to blame him anyway I probably wouldn't have done it but uh, listener Troy prodded me into it so uh, that was low definition number four good job everybody thank you very much Uh, if you have enjoyed this show somehow uh (laughs) drop us a line on twitter what's wrong with you uh our um our Twitter handle is at lowdefgs. Uh, the GS stands for girl stuff. Uh, and you can also get our email address at lowdefgs at gmail.com. Uh, I want to thank my players. Thank you, Moe's, Dan, Tiff, Erica, David, Jason. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Steve Lutz, and I'll see you back here in a few weeks for another dumb episode of Low Definition. Until then, may your burgee flap free. Goodbye. <laughs>